episode two of the Garden Get Together. I'm Damiana Price, Head of Marketing at Garden, and in this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Fabrizio Ticchiarelli, Garden's lead biologist. Fabrizio shares with us a wealth of information from his approach on truly understanding growers' needs in vertical farms and greenhouses to some very exciting news about a government grant Garden have recently been awarded in conjunction with IGS and the James Hutton Institute. Listen in to find out more on how these funds are being used. Fabrizio also shares inspiring insight into Garden's technology and how they help growers to make informed decisions. We also have a brief lesson on plant science, an insight into Garden's culture and so much more. Welcome Fabrizio, or should I say Dr. Fabrizio Ticchiarelli. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining me for the second episode of Gardens Get Together podcast series. Um, I'm really looking forward to sharing more about what you do as Gardens lead biologist, um, but also the journey that led you to Garden. Um, I'm also hoping, if it's not too much information, uh, that you might be able to share with us some insights on some uh, some trials that you've been doing currently with our research partners and vertical farms. So hopefully you'll be able to share at least some of that with us. I'll try my best. <laughs> Great. Um, so let's start with a brief overview. What do you do as a garden's lead biologist? Uh, that's a that's an interesting question. So um, fundamentally, I'm in charge of, of anything that touches the science. Um, so crops, um, growing, biology at Garden, which means um, applying for grants, uh, getting funding from research organisations, um, and then running those programmes to make sure we get really good data to, to inform um, how our product develops. Um, I also run trials with our partners and clients. Um, so anybody that is interested in trying our technology and understanding how it works in their farm, I curate those relationships. Um, and, and then curating the relationship also means that I help our clients communicate to us what's important to them and what problems they have. Uh, and I communicate that internally to our teams so we are aligned um, to, to real problems um, that growers have. That's great. It sounds quite varied, which I'm sure really does keep you on your toes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it is actually one of the things I enjoy the most about, about my role, um, which is um, there's a lot to do and like days are very infrequently similar um, that keeps me quite uh, motivated and entertained in a way. <laughs> so in the past you've said that it's essential that we stay focused on solving real world problems uh, to keep adding value to organisations and that's easily done when you're listening rather than reading minds. So customer centricity seems to be ingrained in Garden's ethos uh, I remember Garden's operation director, Gary Spencer, was also adamant about this. Absolutely. So, um, well, you see, my background is in plant science um, and I have um, some education through my degrees and, and um, secondary school in agricultural sciences. But I am by no means a grower and I don't have a farm. Um, and so um, what I was saying earlier about curating that relationship with our clients really is important because I can try to imagine what their problems are, 
I can try to imagine what their roles are like and their life is like, but I'm never going to get close to the truth. And so it really feels like a privilege to be able to pick the brain of these people that have so much experience um, in, in growing plants, um, learning from their experience, um, from their mistakes, from what actually makes their days sometimes frustrating, um, and translating that into solutions that then are by definition grounded on what they do. And, 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 and so that's our um, approach at Guardian um, always. So I spent a really long time talking to people and listening very careful, carefully to what they say and then communicating it internally so that the engineering team, the data science team um, are aligned um, and we can deliver products um, that solve real problems. That's really great. It's great that you put that as something that's an important part of your day to day. Um, are you able to share with us Garden's latest UK grant achievement and what this means for Garden? Yes, of course. So um, a few months ago, we applied for um, what is called what is called a smart grant from Innovate UK. These are these are grants that um, the government um, puts in place for SMEs and research organisations to do innovation that has an element of um, commercial application or can be easily translated into a, a commercial solution. And we recently were awarded one of these smart grants. Um, that's a, um, a project we are leading in a consortium with um, one of our close partners, Intelligent Growth Solutions, which I'm sure you heard about recently from, from COP26. Yeah. Uh, and a, um, a research organization called the James Hutton Institute, Professor Derek Stewart. Um, and this consortium is going to work together for the next 18 months um, for a total value of the project of, of about half a million pounds. So what we're doing together really is to uh, assess our technology in a commercial vertical farm, um, improving the sensors and improving their uh, predicting, predicting power so we can transform um, the food industry, the indoors food industry in particular, in this case, in the UK. What a fantastic achievement. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Can't it's quite a privilege, uh, really. I was, um, there were, I think, more than 2,500 applicants for this round of the grant, and we were selected among one of them. And I think it's a testament of, of the government believing in our mission and believing it is important. Uh, and so we're going to work really hard to, to make the most of this incredible opportunity. Fantastic. Can't wait to hear more about that. So whilst we're talking about achievements, the team at Guardian have been working tirelessly in developing and implementing their full stack solution. Are you able to share any, any of the analytical outcomes of these trials that are taking place within our research partners and customer facilities? Um, well, we've done a lot of work, um, which I think is something that will not come as a surprise to maybe growers listening to this. Um, around understanding how to use light optimally uh, in indoor agriculture. So yeah. um, our sensors are able to, to estimate photosynthetic efficiency, and that's really valuable to growers because um, electricity is one of the main costs that vertical farms have. Um, and so um, we're building products that allow them to have recommendations on what light recipes to use. We've also been doing a lot of work um, around predicting stress. So there are there are often situations um, in a vertical farm or a glasshouse where environmental conditions are not optimal and far from it, and they can be quite detrimental to plants. 
um, our sensors uh, are showing promising signs that we can actually see those problems before they manifest themselves as visible symptoms. And so we can use that capability to alert growers uh, before those damages are affecting their yields. That sounds brilliant. Do you deem these trials as successful currently? I mean, it would. You would have to ask our partners, I think, but I, I think they would say yes. Um, I was, I was really um, impressed with the results and the reliability of the data we collected, and I'm looking forward to the data we'll be collecting um, as part of the Smart Grant. Brilliant, brilliant. So it sounds like it's all heading in the right direction. Um, you mentioned IGS. Uh, am I right in suggesting are you still unable to share who the other commercial partners are? Um, I think so. Um, okay. so. So for the moment, I think um, most of our other clients are on the confidentiality um, clauses. But but in general, I think we can say we do work with some of the biggest vertical farms here in the UK. And um, something quite exciting that maybe is worth mentioning is we're starting trial works with um, greenhouse producers here in the UK. And yeah. they will be something to, to um, watch for, I think. Um, because it will be exciting to work on some high value crops in, in, in greenhouses that are so important for our supply chains. OK, listeners, watch this space. We will uh, quiz him a bit more on commercial partners at another stage. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, so I'm always interested to hear about the journey that people take through their careers um, and the paths that lead them there. Um, let's chat a little bit about your background and your previous experiences. Um, so before Garden, you were already in the world of R&D uh, in pharma and agritech. Yeah, that's correct. I was working for a, for a startup company uh, based in London called Synthase. Um, there I was, um, I was actually part of a hybrid team of, of scientists and um, commercial um, kind of function. And, and um, as part of that, we were deploying um, digitalization and automation solutions for pharma companies like really big pharma giants like AstraZeneca um, or Genentech, for example, but also for agritech companies like Syngenta. Um, one of the problems that uh, biology and biotech has is that a lot of the research efforts still are quite, quite manual. And this is something we actually see in, in um, farming as well. People collect data manually in very labor intensive and um, unreproducible manners. And as in case we were trying to promote the user automation to um, streamline that process, to make it more reproducible, um, to make the data more trustworthy. And as part of that, I was um, helping clients understand how to do the best, um, use our software um, to, to remove bottlenecks from their processes. Fabrizio, with a PhD in plant science at Cambridge, tell me, as a lead biologist at Garden, you must be in your element to be working with plants on a daily basis. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I spend most of my career working on plants, I would say, and um, I've probably grown and, I mean, sadly killed more plants than I can count <laughs> for research purposes, just disclaimer. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, I... I during my PhD, I was working on something that I, I think is quite interesting, um, and that is, you know, plants are modular organisms, so they are produced of a, of a basic body unit called a phytoma. Phytoma is basically a chunk of stem that has a leaf on it, 
and at the at the join between that leaf and that piece of stem, it's called the axil. There's a there's a bud. There's always a bud, and that bud can either grow out and make a branch, or it can stay dormant. Uh, and I was starting to do my PhD how that process of activation is regulated um, at the whole plant level. Because if you think about it, um, when you look at a tree or a weed, um, some of those buds stay dormant throughout the life cycle of the plant and some grow out in, in, in branches. And this process is not random. Plants on average activate you know, a certain number of branches and not more or not less than that. If you chop one off, they replace it. So they're clearly regulating and coordinating how those buds are, are growing. And so I was looking at how environmental conditions affect the regulatory networks that decide which of those buds activate and how fast and, and, and what happens to them, um, which is really important because that regulates the wide variety of shapes and sizes of plants that we see around us. It regulates what our trees look like. It regulates how, um, how our uh, wheat plants um, develop and produce grain for us. And so it is a fundamental answer that need a uh, question that need answering um, for us to be able to exploit those processes um, for for making food production better. Now this work was published in a journal. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, part of, yeah, part of my PhD was was published yeah in several journals. I don't know which journal you're referring to. Nature. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. We, we did publish some of it uh, on Nature, and that's correct. So this work does relate to Garden, to what you do at Garden, right? Yes, in a way it does, because you see there, there, is, a, there is a big fundamental difference between um, animals, humans in particular, and the way we think about problems and plants. Um, because we evolved to be mobile, we are quite uh, challenge adverse as organisms. If there is something we don't like, we tend to pack our backs and and move on. Yep. <laughs> Use air conditioning and fix all of our problems that way. Um, plants don't behave like that. So I was studying. Well, I mean, what, what what the field I was studying um, is called is is developmental biology. In particular, I was studying developmental plasticity. So how plants adapt to their environmental conditions, and that's absolutely essential to to vertical farming, because. Um, Recognizing that plasticity and the ability that plants have to adapt to their environment is the core to engineering responses from those plants, um, which is what we try to do with vertical farms. We try to leverage that uh, capability um, so that we can we can get the outcomes we want. And that's what we're trying to, to do with our sensors, develop technology that lets farmers measure what's really important uh, so they can make informed decisions about what to do next and how to improve their margins and how to make food that is um, more sustainable and more nutritious. Fabrizio, what first attracted you to garden and what makes it interesting to you? Well, if you if you think of I mean, if I think about my background, um, I've always had a really strong interest in plants, <laughs> and and that's something that obviously remained throughout my career. Um, but also through doing my PhD, I developed an interest uh, for for automation and data analysis. Um, and so when I came across Garden, it sounded like the perfect solution. You know, it has some elements of automation, robotics. Um, it's really obviously like you know the core of it is the technology and the the data science aspects of it applied to the field I'm, I'm very passionate about. And so it felt like uh, the perfect fit for me and a great privilege to be able to join a company that combines those two aspects um, and drives towards a mission that is very important and very 
noble, I think. Yes, a lot of the um, people I speak to from Garden do speak a lot about the mission and the vision, and they are very excited at what can be achieved at Garden. Absolutely. What are some of the new challenges um, that, that you're experiencing for the first time with Garden? I would say there are two things that come to mind. Uh, the, the, one, the first one is I have never worked in a company um, that was full stack, say, developing uh, hardware and software solutions. And the hardware aspect is something I wasn't expecting to be so challenging um, before being uh, so involved with it. And so um, kind of learning how Richard, Constantine and Gary make choices about how to put together these pieces of kit so they do exactly what we want them to do. It's just fascinating to me. And, and um, it really changed the way I look at even the simplest bits of technology in the house. Um, because I can now see actually how much work <laughs> and ingenuity has gone into making them the way they are. Um, and the second part um, that that is of course a challenge and many people mention, but but um, is different when you hear it from the outside and when you actually experience it, is being part of such an early stage company. Um, I was in a startup before, um, but that was um, further down the line of the of, of the development of the company. And when I joined Guardian, um, it is just like a few of us. And so um, you do have to wear many, many hats. And there's always things happening that you don't expect <laughs> and many things to keep track of. Um, and I was 